0: ADP job numbers are out. J.P. Morgan's historic settlement is in question. And we've got your 2013 market laggards. You're in the right place, folks, because this is where the money is. Welcome to the show on the eve of Halloween. David, I won't ask you about your Halloween costume because I fear that you don't have one yet. Not however, yet. However, listen to this. Cooking's bad boy, Guy Fieri... Reported bad boy. <laughs> he is a bad Well, okay. wait till you hear this. Reportedly threw his hairdresser out of a car. Maybe a bad haircut, I assume. Although, have you seen judge, his haircut? Yes, his it mama. is a bad haircut. What is, the, what is the worst haircut you ever got?
1: Um, got a haircut back in college. The guy just completely did not cut the back of the head. Back of my hair. I had a <laughs> mullet. I had a mullet for a day. <laughs> not an unintentional mullet. So now
0: not a, now I want to see I think it was
1: know. still better than Guy Fieri's. I love Guy Fieri, <laughs> but that hair and those those wristbands, they gotta go.
0: What's wrong with wristbands? He doesn't need the wristbands. All right. <laughs> wristbands are not moving on to the headlines. First headline of the day is from the Washington Post. Uh, ADP, U.S. companies add just 130,000 jobs in October as federal government shutdown slows hiring. There were indeed 130,000 jobs added according to ADP. Going back to 2001, these are according to ADP numbers, on average, 17,000 jobs added per month. Mm -hmm. That obviously includes recessions when you're losing jobs. For months when jobs were added, the average has been 154,000 per month. In terms of October job additions, uh, there have been over, over the 13 Octobers, going back to 2001, there have only been four Octobers that have been better than this October. Hmm. And the la- and two of those were the last two years. So not that bad. The headline makes it sound bad, yeah. but in
1: reality it's not really that bad. And they say just 130,000. Exactly. It's actually pretty good. But like you said in a couple previous shows, that you're not paying too much attention to these.
0: I know. The government shutdown yeah. data, so it's... Plus, what's interesting is the summer months, and that rolls into September, so June, July, August, September, tend to be lower months in terms of adding jobs. However, we had a particularly strong summer in terms of job ads, uh, again, according to ADP's numbers, at least. Uh, So so it'll be interesting to see, A, after we get past the government shutdown, wonkiness in the numbers, and B, as we get into the rest of the year or, or into next year, when, We typically see more job ads in general, how that adds up. Where there's not necessarily good news is for for our group of companies, for the financials of the five industry groups that ADP tracks, only manufacturing has added fewer jobs over the past 12 months than financials. Financials have added 58,000 jobs, manufacturing just 10,000.
1: There you go. All right, next headline was from the Wall Street Journal. This one says, Troubles for J.P. Morgan – in its effort to settle, so we obviously heard about the $13 billion proposed settlement between the Justice Department and J.P. Morgan. That apparently obviously. is not a done deal. Uh, some some last-minute changes by J.P. Morgan maybe trying to f- fight for themselves a little bit harder than than what was first thought upon. I think the deal will still get done, whether it's a a billion added, a billion subtracted out of J.P. Morgan's uh, pocket. That's a
0: billion dollars between friends? I think, I, think, I, think I, I, friends.
1: I do see it as that. Maybe not friends. But yeah, I, I don't think it matters if there's a billion added, a billion taken away. It's Either way, it's kind of already behind us.
0: Well, it sounds like there are two big issues here. One is the FDIC and whether J.P. Morgan can then go after the FDIC for what it's paying out. That has to do with Washington Mutual. And the other is the, the criminal probes and, and how much criminal protection J.P. Morgan will get from paying $13 billion. You'd think $13 billion would get you a good deal of criminal protection. Apparently not. Uh, I, I, I agree that maybe J.P. Morgan needs to push back a little bit and not totally roll over mm-hmm. on, on everything within this deal. Uh, third headline, we go to the FT. This is Barclays. There's a hole in my bucket. This refers, to, yeah, this refers to Barclays' uh, earnings. Mm-hmm. And the way the article starts out is that it says, let's split Barclays into two. So, so I'll get back to Barclays in a second. But what's interesting is Citigroup actually split itself into two legitimately, City, uh, Citicorp and then City Holdings to be able to look at the good ongoing business and the bad business that it's like, let's not talk about this, let's mm-hmm. not think about this one. Uh, we could really say the same thing, I think, for most of the big U.S. banks. We could split Bank of America into two. We could split J.P. Morgan into two. We could, even in Wells Fargo, we could split Wells Fargo into two and kind of talk about here's what's good and, and going forward, and here's what's bad and hopefully will go away and be wound down. Uh, and I think that's an interesting way to look at it because legitimately five to ten years down the road, I think that the, the if you split it into the angel and the devil, the devil side mm-hmm probably will go away for most of these banks.
1: I think it's a little bit of a different devil than what Citigroup and some of the other U.S. banks were... Well, Citigroup's the only one who actually split. I think this article is saying more that the retail business is doing fine uh, across across the globe there. Mm with the investment banking business and the trading business is what's holding. But it
0: was also back. talking about the regulatory stuff. I mean, that, Barclays that, that, been that hit yeah. with LIBOR. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barclays has been hit with mis-selling. Uh, I think it was insurance products. So, so there's some of those. Same right concerns.
1: there. But at the end of the article, they they mentioned that if Barclays wants to move away from investment banking and trading because it's a capital-intensive business, maybe it doesn't make sense for them to, to get in that space. That's not the first time we've heard kind of a, a fringe player in the trading space say, "Hey, maybe we're going to." Get out of the trading business to I some extent. I,
0: I don't know about I don't know about a fringe. That's that's a lot of the Lehman business in there.
1: True, but but I think when we're talking about global fixed income trading, they're not the biggest out there. And if these if competitors start to scale back, that benefits a company like Citigroup we just talked about around twenty five percent of their revenue not quite 25%, but close, comes from trading. Mm -hmm. So to the extent that competitors back out, maybe those banks like Citigroup can get get a little bit more share. Now here's
0: what's interesting. Uh, Barclays trading at below tangible book value, the FT article said 0.9 times book, about a 10% discount. It actually looks to me like it may be an even steeper discount than that. Mm -hmm. But maybe worth a look if you believe this story, that that, if you split it apart and that bad part goes away, uh, maybe it's worth a look at under tangible book value. We'll see.
1: All right, moving on to the next round three more headlines rapid fire style the first one was I think it was from Bloomberg I pulled it out it said aflac profit falls thirty one percent missing estimates on Japan sales they reported earnings stock was down two or three percent I thought the quarter looked fine they they raised the dividend and this is a stock that's raised their dividend twenty five years in a row it's pretty impressive uh, they talked about me. They talked about doing more stock buybacks. This is a company that just produces consistent results. Return on equity is pretty consistent. A lot of insurance companies jump around. Affleck's consistent. I don't see this quarter as aware. If you're a shareholder, I think you continue to be a happy one
0: like me. This is confirmed from Bloomberg. Blackstone vies with Goldman in Spain rental housing bet. I'm not going to get into too much in the the uh, showdown between Blackstone and Goldman in Spain. But what jumped out at me is, A, that Blackstone spent $7.5 billion on 40,000 homes in the U.S. That's not necessarily the core of this article, but that jumped out at me. They are, they are the top, they're the leader when it, when it comes to that uh, sort of niche Mm -hmm. market uh, in terms of buying those foreclosed homes in the U.S. Uh, A senior M.D. for real estate at Blackstone said, when we looked at the situation in Spain, we thought we could see something similar where we could replicate a lot of the systems and technology that we created in the U.S. Really cool idea here, taking something that worked out in the U.S. um, and moving that system elsewhere where they could get similar results." Those guys over at Blackstone are pretty smart.
1: Pretty smart. They do well. All right, last headline, going with the Bloomberg hat trick here. The last one is from Bloomberg, too. (laughs) Western Union. Confirmed. West, confirmed? confirmed. Western Union plunges on compliance costs. The stock was down as much as 19% this morning uh, after they came out and said, hey, we're going to have to comply with some new regulations abroad. So, not very good there, and it's going to affect their profitability going forward the next year. And there was a quote from a JP Morgan analyst that I disagreed with, and I'll read the quote here. It says While we commend Western Union for disclosing this now rather than next year, we acknowledge tolerance. For another investment is too wait. Let me start again. Okay, we acknowledge again. We acknowledge tolerance for another investment is low. We would avoid this stock. So because the outlook for the next year doesn't look great, JP Morgan analysis. That's typical, right? Yeah, that, that's typical of what you'd hear from Quick
0: Reaction Buying Opportunity.
1: I would say more buying opportunity than selling opportunity. I think it's kind of ridiculous to say over the next year it doesn't look great, so we're going to completely avoid the stock. That's very short term to me. There you go. Uh,
0: Market laggards. 2013 market laggards. I asked you to send me over a list of the financial stocks that are trailing the S&P 500 so far this year. I took a quick look at that list, and my first reaction was, These look like pretty much all of the major financials that we talk Mm -hmm. about. Who is actually beating the market this year? So I took a quick look at who is actually beating the market. Uh, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, among the big banks, they're both beating the market. Berkshire Hathaway ahead of the market. Uh, Visa also ahead of the market, all of those fairly modestly. The the, uh, stocks that are way ahead of the market, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, Mm -hmm. which have just been on a crazy run over the past year. Uh, Zillow and Trulia both clobbering the market. Radian continues to be on a run. And Bank of the Internet uh, has been hot so far this year. Now, the laggards. What I should mention just off the top, a group uh, in in the financial sector and a group that we talk about an awful lot here, the mortgage REITs. Again, that's a real estate investment trust that instead of actually buying property, buys and sells mortgages Mm -hmm. um, and and mortgage-related assets. That group has underperformed. So you've got Armor, Hatteras, uh, CYS, American Capital Agency, Invesco, all really leading the league, we'll say, when it comes to lagging the market. Two Harbors, a favorite of mine in the, uh, in the mortgage REIT space, uh, also lagging the market, but doing better than most of the others. My question to you, when you look at the group of financial stocks lagging mm-hmm. the market where would you be putting your money right now?
1: Of those ones that you just talked about?
0: No, no, no. Of, of any of them. You you got the list. You sent me the list. Can I give you a specific stock that, you, that I'm? I interested would lo- in I would right love now. for you to give me a specific stock. that Okay. You're
1: interested well, this in. isn't. This may sound a little bit odd at first, but but bear with. Most
0: me. of what you say sounds a little odd to me at first. <laughs> the company The
1: company <laughs> is American Tower, and the ticker is AMT. And just a big picture, what is the
0: I am going to say right off the top that that is a surprise to me.
1: Go ahead, continue. There you go. All right, the stock is, is lagging the market by around 20% okay. this, this year, year to date. So, not a great year for the stock. And, big picture, what they do is they lease antenna space at over 55,000 cell sites across the world. So, you see those huge towers with all that stuff on it. Mm-hmm. They lease it out to companies like Verizon, T Mobile, et cetera, to, for their networks there. And what's nice about this business is that they're very long term leases. Almost 80% of their leases on these towers, don't renew for another eight to nine years. And every year they go up in terms of how much they're bringing in. So why am I talking about it on a financial show that sounds like a telecom company, right? Well, they recently classified their US operations as a REIT. You are just talking about the mortgage REIT. This is an actual REIT that owns something that people pay, pay a, a, a lease on, uh, and, and that's their income. So they have the REIT classification in the US, and I stress US because a lot of their sites are international. And those are not classified as a REIT. So it's a little bit different classification. So they can make money internationally, continue to reinvest in the business. And then once growth starts to slow a little bit, they can fold those operations into the U.S. REIT structure as well, okay. continuing to pass money on to shareholders. Right now, it only yields around like 1.6%. It's not a big dividend Ooh, stock yet.
0: That's pathetic for a REIT. Exactly.
1: So y- it, you'd see it on your radar, okay, it's a REIT, but the dividend's terrible. Why would I be interested? But you have to look long-term. I think the the prospects are very good here. So it's been lagging the market, I think, because of that that REIT classification. I think it's that's kind of been a, a scarlet letter this year. Um, I think it has attractive growth prospects. So that's one that I have my eye on. They actually reported earnings today. I haven't gone into it deep, but that's one on my radar.
0: When I've taken a quick look at it, it's always looked a little expensive to me. Uh, Did that strike you as expensive at all?
1: I I think on the face, it's going to look expensive because it's a business that's that's growing very rapidly. But when you Mm -hmm. consider the growth prospects out there, I think it's pretty reasonably valued. Um, The one risk that I would say that that, that caught my eye, not a lot of insider ownership here among the top management basically – Nothing. I mean, they own shares, but in the scheme of the business, they don't have a lot of skin in the game. So that's one red flag that I saw. But other than that, the growth prospects are there.
0: Okay, you you gave you gave a very good case there on one. I'm I'm going to look at a. a talk about a bunch of different stocks here. So in terms of my, uh, let me let me switch this around a little bit. There are two, two here that I think are worth a closer look, Apollo Investment and Prospect Capital. Those are business development companies, uh, high yields there. They both lag the market. I think those are worth a closer look potentially for investors. Some big swings in terms of if you want to go with some of the worst performers and maybe look for them to turn it around. Uh, Armor Residential, Annalie and Hatteras, uh Three of those mortgage REITs. Again, big swings. Uh, Annaly would probably be my top pick of that group. That ticker's NLY. A few that, uh, of the laggards that I probably would stay away from uh, uh, Realty Income, mm-hmm. which is a, um, another one of those REITs. That's an actual equity REIT, and Washington Real Estate. Um, the REIT sector in general, if you look at the financial space, I think a lot of the financial space is still undervalued. I think the REITs, the equity REITs, uh, are not, do not fall into there. I, I think the equity REITs, I think probably a lot, mostly because of the dividend. Uh, they've been bid up a little bit. And then we've got a, few, a couple Canadian banks that have been lagging the market so far this year. Toronto Dominion, Royal Bank of Canada. I'm not too, I'm not too keen on the Canadian banks mm-hmm. right now. Um, and then Camera another one of those mortgage REITs. Not as cheap as the other mortgage REITs and also has a lot of question marks around it. doesn't interest me that much. Now, my top picks from the the laggards so far this year, Uh, J.P. Morgan lagging the market so far this year. Not by much, but I like J.P. Morgan. Travelers Insurance, great company there. Uh, Capital One Financial, really like that bank. Markel, that's Insure, uh, specialty insurer, mm-hmm. love it over the long term. Bank of America, you just mentioned Aflac earlier. Both of those lagging the market, again, not by a whole lot, uh, but I like both of those. If I were to pick one top pick from all of the laggards, I've got to go back to Two Harbors. Again, it's this mortgage REIT. What I like is Two Harbors management. I think they've just got maybe the best management team in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annaly Capital has a great management team. I think Two Harbors may have a better one. I like their strategy. I like the fact that it's uh, diversifying across the mortgage space and trying to uh, turn into what's more of like a funds management mm-hmm. and hedge fund type business into a more sustainable um, recurring business.
1: So do you think the reason that they're lagging is kind of because of that mortgage rate scarlet letter? Or actually uh, it's, it's, well,
0: it's, it's, it's not a mortgage REITS scarlet letter. It's that it's been a very difficult environment for the mortgage REITs to... To operate in. The, the Federal Reserve, uh, will they taper, won't they taper? The uncertainty around interest rates. This is a big deal to mortgage REITs because it, it, it's a business very much about interest rates and managing that mm-hmm. because it's all mortgage-backed securities that they're holding on to. So it is legitimately a tough environment for them to operate in. But I think if anybody's going to do it well, two harbors will. Great. The game for today is rank it. And we're looking at super regional banks today. What is a super regional? It's, Why don't you tell us? It's a regional bank with a cape on. That's, that's all we need to know. <laughs> so it can it can s- jump over tall buildings, run faster than a speeding <laughs> a speeding bullet, right? Yes, a speeding yes. bullet. What what was the thing about the train? There was something about a train. I too. don't know. <laughs> In any case, no. It, it, We've got the big four banks, the mega banks that we talked about last week in the Rank it segment, and then you've got the regional banks, and it's really just a size classification. Mm-hmm. So when you get down into the regional banks, these are banks that operate in multiple states, typically confined to a region or a couple of regions, uh, maybe the Midwest and the, and the eastern seaboard, as opposed to like a Wells Fargo, which operates mm-hmm. everywhere. All right. So why don't you go ahead and give us your rankings first? All right,
1: my rankings. I'll, I'll read through them real quick and we can throw them up on the screen. I went PNC, Huntington Bank Shares, U.S. Bancorp, Regions Financial, and BB&T is my fifth there. So the first two I'll lump into kind of a similar classification of why I had them there. PNC and Huntington, it's a combination of three things that I like. Strategy, management, and valuation. Those are kind of the three things that I want to look for in a bank. And I think those top two fit all those criteria. They have a set strategy in mind. PNC's continue to gain market share. Huntington wants to continue to gain deposits. Great management over there. And the valuation of both look reasonable. So that's why those two are my top. What are your rankings?
0: Let's go ahead and put my rankings up on the board there. I've got Huntington, U.S. Bancorp, PNC, Regions Financial, and then M&T. And what, what I'd like to point out here is in the past when we've done this ranking game, you and I have been ranking five of the same companies. Mm-hmm. It, for this one, we were allowed to pull from all of the super regionals. So Correct. it's interesting that we have some of the same ones showing up. Uh, Huntington Bank, my number one, I think, maybe the best strategy among the banks. Uh, and in terms of returns that it's produced versus valuation today, I think there is great upside. And I think this is among the banks. We talked yesterday a day about J.P. Morgan and whether you can sleep well owning J.P. Morgan. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can, maybe you can 't Huntington Bank, I think, is a bank that you can definitely sleep well owning. This is a bank that wants to treat its customers well, that wants customers to seek it out because it treats customers mm-hmm. well u s Bank Corp is my number two, simply a fantastic bank it 's uh, from an investor perspective it 's a little too bad that it 's an expensive stock, so you 're paying up for that quality but high quality bank. Uh, you mentioned PNC. Regions Financial among the super regions. Uh, it's sort of an opportunity in the super regionals. We don't have too many of these that were really beaten down and are still on the comeback trail. Regions is that. So uh, it, it's, it's still got more uh, more improvement to come. Finally, M&T is a quality bank. It's, I don't have too much to say about it. It's okay. Valuation is a little expensive, but solid returns there.
1: Quality bank, but the returns at M&T have been outstanding in the last 30 years it's just been incredible dividends every year book value growth so if you're looking for a bank that has a very strong track record m is you're <coughs>
0: telling me MT wasn't even on your list yeah well no you got, I, you got I no show, respect and then you want to tell show, lecture me some, about it. i show some that's past
1: performance <laughs> i said it's one year ahead.
0: well it's not indicative of future, future well they're they they're my, they
1: num- my number six <laughs> you're your number six uh you mentioned first reasons, man off the bench so i'll, I'll jump down to my fifth BB and T. You did not have them on your rankings. I really like the everything that BB&T offers. I think they have everything that you want in a bank. They have consumer operations. They have good business operations. They acquired Crump insurance, so they're expanding into the insurance business. So I like the strategy. The valuation, unlike PNC and Huntington, is not quite as attractive to me it doesn't look yeah. quite as it's quite as good same with the management uh, we were talking before we like the management over at pnc a little bit better uh, than a lot better a lot I, I better could do, i could do without bb um, so, so management not the best in the world but i like the services so they're my number five
0: just, just for the record bbnt is not my number six okay they're further down the list <laughs> they're there. further down the list that's fair all right let's close out the show as we always do on the twitter sphere david what's the first tweet here The first tweet is from
1: Sarah Mulhall, and she says, Finally, the REO to rental securitization is official. Blackstone gets AAA from Moody's, Kroll, and Morningstar, and REO, for those of you who don't know, that is real estate owned to rental securitization. And Matt mentioned earlier in the show... Blackstone, where they spend seven point five billion. Is that what you said? What on, did I on... say? I
0: said something like that. seven point five billion.
1: Seven point five billion homes. So it's obviously been in the news that they've been out there acquiring all these homes. They're not going to bear all the risk here. So what they've done is. They've taken all these homes, the rental payments that are coming in. They've securitized it. It's like we're back in 2005. So they've securitized it and they're selling it to investors. They're going on a roadshow in the next couple of weeks. Some banks that are leading this. Uh, so it's an interesting story to watch. It's kind of the first of
0: its kind. A triple A rating. That's some high praise there. Um, I mean, that, that's an attractive. Uh, that's an attractive offer, right? You've got rental homes that you're going to have streams of rental income coming in, relatively predictable. You'll have some people that that skip on the rental payments, but mm-hmm. then you'll have a lot of people that pay them. You could say the same thing in 2005 about any of the other securities. It's not but, 2005.
1: Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one to watch. It's the first of its kind, so maybe there's some, some hiccups there. But interesting the next evolution. But I'll tell
0: you why it's better to be first than last than something like And,
1: and once again, it, I think it just shows how smart these guys over at Blackstone are. They find the opportunity, and they're making money off I of it. I bet they went to college.
0: <laughs> All right, tweet number two. We've got Dividend Master. This is at Dividend Master. Uh, AGNC Divi is going to $0.60, probably in Q4. Deleveraging and shortening duration of remaining portfolio will cost a lot of yield. I think before the show, you mentioned to me that the dividend is currently 80 cents. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So talking about a dividend cut here for American Capital Agency. Management was talking about this on the conference call a little bit yesterday and defending itself against some of the analysts who were questioning the defensive, uh, the defensive nature of some of the new moves that they were making. I am not a big fan of American Capital Agency, but I do like management's approach here. I don't think it's a bad time to be a little bit more defensive. Think about the long term as opposed to get overly aggressive right now to try to just maintain that dividend.
1: Yeah, but I think, I think the market realized that's probably pretty likely that the dividend's going to get cut considering the money that they actually brought in in this past quarter. And the stock fell, what, 7 8% yesterday. So it's kind of adjusting itself and getting ready for that smaller dividend in the future. That's fine. All right, moving on to the last tweet of the day. This is from the GS Elevator Gossip, the Goldman Sachs Elevator Gossip at GS Elevator says, number one, government employees take twice as many sick days as private sector employees. That's all you need to know.
0: I like the sick days is in quotes there. <laughs> they don't believe in sick days over <laughs> at Goldman. They wow, well, come on. They, well, although we were just talking about was they're yesterday. Conditions. They're improving conditions. They're trying to improve working conditions. They care. How many sick days have you taken so far this year, David? uh i remember you you were sick at one point and I, you brought that into the office i think i you think love i love your job I so i think much. i went home at lunch and passed out and came back in so <laughs> you did i belong you're, you're on de- that de- gs elevator <laughs> you're dedicated uh happiness is a great contributor to to not getting sick being uh being here every day and you are the smiley happy guy it's what i do not getting sick and when you do i bring on. it in yeah you bring it in <laughs> bring it in try to get me sick um, I will mention we've talked about this a couple times. We do have that uh, that free special report that our listeners and our viewers can grab. Uh, all you have to do is email. Warren at fool.com. This is a, a report of Warren Buffett's greatest wisdom. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're calling And it, it works now. Warren.
1: We got we got some comments yes. that it wasn't yes. working. I, I did it. I got the report. I was reading it in my bed last night. It's just a delight. It the, it's, a delight. <laughs> it's, it's a delight. It's a delight. War, so Warren at fool.com. It's very and by nice. the
0: way, do we have a email address yet?
1: We do. It is W T M I. W T M I which is the abbreviation of our show or acronym of our show. Very good. At fool.com, so you can email your questions or comments. Questions, or anything comments, wanna,
0: complaints, hate complaints, mail. yes. WTMI at fool.com. Your worst haircut experience. Uh, you, can, you can do the same uh, on our Twitter, at TMF Financials. Um, and we check that. We do, every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show for today. At TMF Financials, if you want to email us, WTMI at fool.com. Thanks for watching, folks. I'm Matt. David Hansen will be back tomorrow for Halloween. See you then.